I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hi, I'm Madigan, and you're listening to Your Angry Neighborhood Feminist, a podcast that explores the world through a personal feminist perspective. Hello, everybody. I am getting to this recording a bit later than usual because there was some news that was still developing throughout the day, aka Donald Trump finally releasing a mugshot and being brought in on his criminal charges in Georgia. But I'm going to get into that a little bit later. But that's just, you know, my reasoning for recording late, which none of you could even tell to begin with. So what am I even saying? Before we get started, I want to let all of my angry feminist book club listeners know that the first episode that I am releasing this month is now available on Patreon, and next Wednesday I will be releasing another episode. A reminder, we're doing it a little bit differently this month since the book we had decided on (laughs) didn't really pan out the way that we had planned, so it's not going to be related to any specific book, but you will be getting an episode next Wednesday And Wednesday afternoon at 3 p.m. Pacific time, I will be having an angry feminist book club Zoom party. I'll be posting about all of that on Instagram very, very soon. 
I'm also going to set up a Zoom link and reach out to all of the book club members very shortly to make sure that I can get everybody who wants to be a part of it, the link to be involved in all of that kind of stuff. I'm looking forward to seeing some of your faces for the first time and having a discussion about some of the books that we've read and get to know one another. It's going to be a party. If you want to join the Angry Feminist Book Club, you can go to patreon.com slash angryneighborhoodfeminist or go to the link in the show notes. The book club is $5 a month, but you can also join the Feminist Faves level for $8 a month where you get all of the book club content, but then you also get all of these episodes ad-free. You usually get them a little bit early. You'll also get some bonus content and access to the close friends circle on Instagram. I try to give you what you want. You know what I'm saying? And on top of that, I just wanted to remind all of you that another show that I co-produced, edited, worked on a hell of a lot called Still Learning, which is hosted by my friend India, is now available for all of your ears. Took a little bit for it to be up on Apple Podcasts, but it is now available there. It's up on Spotify iHeart, Google Play, pretty much anywhere you listen to your podcast, you can find it. I'm really, 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 really proud of the work that we've put into the show. It's a little bit different than this show because it's a lot of interviews and things like that. The topics are different, but it's really a great space for learning and healing and feeling supported, which is something that I feel like we do on this show a lot as well. So if it's something that you think you would enjoy or that you'd be interested in, I highly, highly recommend checking it out. And I would really love to know your thoughts and your feedback on the episode as well. I'm going to add a link in the show notes to the Apple Podcasts link or whatever to still learning. If any of you are interested, you can also follow the podcast Instagram page at still learning the podcast for all sorts of updates and things like that. It's a great time. We are unable to publish episode two this Friday, unfortunately, because we are in some talks right now with a few people to see if maybe they would want to help us out and work with us on the show and things like that. So we did have to put a bit of a pause on it, but it is going to be coming out sooner rather than later. And, you know, keep y'all on your toes, keep you interested at the same time, though. All right, so I am going to start with the saddest piece of news that I have for you this week. Last Friday, a woman named Laura Ann Carlton, who went by Lori, was shot and killed in the shop she owned in Cedar Glen near Lake Arrowhead in Southern California. She was murdered by a 27-year-old male gunman who noticed the large pride flag hanging in her shop called Magpie, spelled mag.pi, which in my mind I'm like Magnum P.I.? It's kind of a fun name because I feel like it's kind of got two different ways that your brain can see it, I guess. And Magpie actually has two locations. There's one in Studio City and there's one in Cedar Glen near Lake Arrowhead. And as soon as I read the name of the shop, I was like, oh my gosh, I've driven by that boutique before. I totally know what this place is. And those are like some of my favorite shops to go to. Any sort of little boutique gift shop with 
you know, some fun kitchenware and some poetry books and some candles and some funky sweaters and cookbooks and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. Some of my favorite types of stores. And I am definitely going to be going to the location in Studio City. Hopefully they're still up and running and I'm going to be giving some of my money to them to be able to support the family and the business in any way that I can. It's just so crazy and so sad when it hits so close to home. The gunman was shot and killed by police during a shootout after the confrontation between himself and Lori. But I'm not going to get into the killer at all. He is unimportant. He is a hateful, vengeful, violent human being who has no regard for other people's lives. According to family, Lori herself was not a member of the LGBTQ plus community, but advocated for and showed love for all people. The flag in the store had been torn down in this location numerous times before, and each time Lori replaced it with an even bigger flag. You know I love a petty bitch. I'm here for it. <laughs> and I want to point out that Lake Arrowhead or that area, the Cedar Glen County area, is much different than Los Angeles politically. Max and I would drive to Lake Arrowhead a few times over the pandemic. A friend of mine got married up in Lake Arrowhead around the time of the election, and we were driving around, and it was just Trump city. A very, very, very different vibe than where we live in Los Angeles. And I think that's a real misconception from the rest of the country that all of California is super liberal, but in all actuality, it's really just like the big, big cities, the very populated, densely populated areas are super liberal. But then once you get out of LA or San Francisco, places like that, you're definitely going to find your, you know, Republican right wing assholes. Lori's daughter told the media that on Friday evening after the shooting, they found a package containing a new pride flag at their home doorstep. Her daughter said that her mother had ordered a new one as the one that was currently hanging, the same one that was torn down by the shooter, was fading due to the sunlight. I just think that's so sweet that that was something that she saw as being such an important part of her store even though she isn't part of the LGBTQ plus community herself. The fact that she's like, oh, you know what? It's getting faded. Let's get a newer, nicer one instead of being like, let's get a different flag or, you know, different decorations. Like this seems like something that was really important to her. And it's definitely a sign for members of the community who see a flag like that or really any liberal person who walks into a store and sees a flag like that they're like I I feel welcome I feel safe here so on and so forth and that even makes it so shitty because this person came in and took this place that is advertising safety and love for all people and just completely destroyed it I also just think it's amazing that the displays of homophobia that she experienced when working at the store did not sway her from showing her pride and support for the LGBTQ plus community. And that alone is incredibly commendable to me. Lori left behind many children and a husband. She and her husband have been married for 28 years and they had a large blended family of nine children. 
She and her husband, Bort, enjoyed traveling around the U.S. and across Europe and South America. They also shared a passion for architecture, design, fine art, food, and fashion. They sound so much like a Studio City couple. (laughs) And fashion was always a love of Lori's. She began working in the industry in her early teens by working in the family business of Fred Siegel Feet. I don't know if I read that wrong. I did not know that Fred Siegel had a feet or shoe situation going on. I don't know, but calling it feet is very, very weird. I was also curious about the fact that they referred to it as a family business, but when I was Googling that, I just couldn't find any sort of clarification on that. And while she was working there, she also attended Art Center School of Design and went on to work for different designers such as Kenneth Cole. She and her husband had homes in Studio City, as well as a cabin in Lake Arrowhead, both areas where Lori opened Magpie shops. And on the Magpie website, it says, Magpie for Lori is all about tackling everyday life with grace and ease and continuing to dream. In response to her death, the president of the Human Rights Campaign made a statement saying, LGBTQ plus Americans are living in a state of emergency. The multiplying threats facing millions in our community are not perceived. They're real, tangible, and dangerous. Lori wasn't even part of the LGBTQ plus community, and look at how she was treated. Just having a rainbow flag up in her store was enough to make her a target and for someone to kill her. My heart and my hugs just go out to every single person who loves Lori and who is affected by this death. I hope that they can somehow find peace amongst this senseless act of violence. Okay. You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Shifting gear, we're going to get out of our sadness a little bit, and we're going to get into some really cuckoo's shenanigans when we talk about the Republican debate that occurred on Wednesday night. (laughs) Max and I tried to watch it for a little bit after he came home from work, but his dad had come over to help him change the oil in the car, and we were like, you know what? Let's not keep Fox News on watching this Republican debate. 
but I still really wanted to know what happened because what I did see was pretty intense. Since Donald Trump was not in appearance at this first debate in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, many expected the spotlight to be shown on the runner-up in the polls, Ron DeSantis. In actuality, DeSantis was pretty much ignored for the first two hours of the debate, and much of the attention was put onto newcomer Vivek Ramaswamy, the 38-year-old entrepreneur with no political background who is rising in the polls. And I gotta say, this guy is captivating. Not in a good way. <laughs> I don't agree with anything he has to say, but he's just like this slimy, smarmy kind of, you know finance bro kind of sounding guy. You know, he's young and he just, mm, he rubs me the wrong way. And he is a massive, massive, massive Trump supporter. He is like so far up Trump's booty hole. It is insane. According to a headline from Axios.com, in Trump's absence, Ramaswamy drives the GOP debate. Vivek seemed to have the goal of the night be to grab attention and reinforce the idea that the party's establishment is out to get him. When you watch clips of the debate, you can see that he really got under the other candidate's skin, too, which is so entertaining to watch. Pence called him a rookie and said that the country couldn't take on-the-job training. Like, your former running mate had a ton of experience? Whatever. Nikki Haley said that he was an amateur who sounds like chat GPT. <laughs> that one had me dying. Vivek Ramaswamy called Trump the best president of the 21st century and repeatedly defended him throughout the evening. He also revealed some pretty unsettling beliefs and ideas. Of course, what else are you going to get from the guy who loves Trump? All of the candidates were asked about climate change, and when Vivek spoke about it, he said, I'm the only person on this stage who isn't bought and paid for, so I can say this. The climate change agenda is a hoax. He said the climate change agenda is stifling the American economy and that more people are dying of bad climate change policies than they are of actual climate change. Huh? According to ABC News, it isn't clear how many deaths have been related to climate change policies, but it is clear that there have been over 2 million deaths due to the climate crisis since recording began in 1970. Climate change is expected to cause approximately 250,000 additional deaths per year between 2030 and 2050. Man, I've had baby fever like crazy lately, and when I read things like that, I'm like, oh, maybe I shouldn't. Nikki Haley was the only one to admit that climate change is real, but said that the work begins overseas, not here. It's so much better to blame somebody else. She said that we need to start telling China and India to lower their emissions. On the topic of abortion, Nikki Haley brought up the point that it doesn't matter how many citizens want to abolish abortion, it's going to take convincing the Senate, which they don't have. And that was comforting to me, but... We also can't always rely on having control of the Senate either. Pence said abortion is not a state's only issue, it's a moral issue, and called for a minimum standard in every state. Overall, it seems like Vivek Ramaswamy really did come out on top. Trump spokesperson Stephen Chung said Vivek assailed himself pretty well. I think he laid out a clear framework of what he wants to do. Then he said, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what any of these candidates say. It really matters what Trump says. 
And that's really scary. What that tells me is that whoever Trump sides with will sway his followers and they will support that person until they then go up against Trump, then drop him like it's hot. Though the elephant in the room was that Trump was not in the room that night, you could almost feel his energy or maybe see his influence. Almost all of the men standing on stage wore dark suits and red ties, a staple of the former presidents. They ended up looking like a little Trump fan club up there on stage. At one point in the night, the moderator asked a series of questions and had the candidates on stage raise their hands if they were in agreement. When asked who would continue to support Trump even if he was convicted, Vivek, Nikki, Tim Scott, DeSantis, I wrote Doe Burgum, I'm pretty sure his name is Doug, but I really love that I wrote Doe instead, and Pence all raised their hands. The only ones who did not raise their hand was Chris Christie and Asa Hutchinson. Chris Christie then blew up at those who raised their hands saying, someone's got to stop normalizing this conduct. Whether or not you believe that the criminal charges are right or wrong, the conduct is beneath the office of the President of the United States. Chris Christie, don't make me agree with you. He was, of course, met with boos with this response. Vivek said that if Trump were convicted and he were elected president, he would pardon him. Such an ass kisser. But here's the law. If a member of political office or military, after having taken an oath to support the Constitution, quote, engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the same, or given aid or comfort to enemies thereof, is barred from office, unless the House and Senate votes otherwise. So you're telling me there's a chance. And on that note, we've been talking a lot about Donald Trump, so let's check in with him and the 18 or 19 other people who have been charged with RICO charges recently. On Wednesday, nine out of the 19 defendants turned themselves into Fulton County Prison in Georgia, which I was sad to discover was not Folsom Prison in California, where Johnny Cash recorded his album. One of those nine was former Trump lawyer Rudy Giuliani, who had created the RICO charges. Oh, just such sweet, sweet irony. He was booked on 13 charges related to trying to overturn the 2020 election and was released on a $150,000 bond, of which he had to post 10%. He and the other defendants are prohibited from speaking with one another except through their lawyers, and Rudy has to check in every 30 days with pre-trial services. Trump had initially planned to hold a rally outside of Folsom Jail before he went in to surrender on Friday morning, but then I got an alert a few hours ago that there was a mugshot available. I was like, you know what? I'm done. I'm going to record my episode, whatever. And I was totally expecting to just wait until tomorrow morning to see what unfolded. But then I got this little magical gem pop up in my Instagram that was Donald Trump's mugshot. And it is just mwah, chef's kiss. Beautiful. Love it. For the fourth time this year, Trump has turned himself in for criminal charges against him. He spent only 20 minutes at the jail where he was processed and released on $200,000 bond, and a mugshot was released soon after he left. But even with all of that, Trump is still on top of the polls. How? It is absurd to me. I mean, again, what Chris Christie said, I hate that I agree with him, but it's like, Y'all are dumb if you are still going to vote for him when this man 
has been charged with all this shit. Like, no other president has been through this. Like, the GOP thought Barack Obama was bad? Come on. Another agreement upon Trump's release from jail is that he was told not to use social media as a way to target the co-defendants and witnesses in the case. Let's see how long he holds on to that promise. At the jail, Trump said, What has taken place here is a travesty of justice. We did nothing wrong. I did nothing wrong. And everybody knows it. The Folsom County DA has requested a trial date of October 23rd, less than a month away from the presidential election. Oh my gosh, I feel like I'm in the Hunger Games or something. And we're just going to watch it all unfold on TV, see what happens. I personally am terrified that another January 6th situation is going to happen, especially because Trump is just so insightful with everything that he says and just riles people up so much. I don't know what's going to happen if this man is convicted. I don't know what's going to happen if he isn't convicted, honestly. And a lot of our other options are not looking so swell either. But the only thing that I have to hold on to hope is that we start seeing some more promising Democratic candidates come forward. I want to see some dynamic people. I want to see some excitement. And, you know, he's not the best person in the world. And I think that there are other people that would be better for the job. But I have heard that Gavin Newsom, who is the governor of California, is considering running for president. And honestly, I kind of feel like that would be best case scenario as far as the people that are running already. Unless there's someone else that I'm not aware of who I'm a bigger fan of, please don't come for me if there's someone better out there and I'm just unaware. But yeah, we're just going to keep watching how this election is unfolding. We're going to keep watching how all of these criminal charges against these major GOP members are unfolding and keep up with the craziness. All right. Thank you so much for listening to another mini episode. As always, if there's any news topic that you want me to cover on the next episode, please feel free to email me at neighborhoodfeminist at gmail.com or DM me on Instagram at angry neighborhood feminist. Also, don't forget to join Patreon if you want to give a little extra support to the show and you want to listen to a bunch of new content. I counted, I think it's like 12 book club episodes and then like a bunch of ad-free episodes, obviously, and some bonuses, a video, all kinds of good shenanigans. So go to patreon.com slash angry neighborhood feminist or click on the link in the show notes to hop on that joyride. Don't forget to check out me and India's new podcast, Still Learning. And if you enjoy it, leave a review, share it with a friend, follow us on Instagram at Still Learning the Podcast. You know what to do. And lastly, for all of my book club listeners, don't forget that we are going to be having an Angry Feminist Book Club Zoom party next Wednesday. So be sure to look out for any notifications, giving you more details on that. All right, my loves, that is all I have for you today. With all that being said, I encourage you to rage on. Bye. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. 
Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.